Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Grit Per 60 podcast, number one bullshit edition. Sorry, I had to. My name is Connor Farrell. You can call me TC. And I'm joined from Utah. Hey, everyone. This is Brendan, also known as TCJ. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, the uh, number one bullshit thing has been like your thing ever since yes. it happened. Dude, um, it is now a part of my personality. I was going to say, and I would be sick of it if the whole bit wasn't funny in the first place. It's hilarious. Everything is number one bullshit. Honestly, I was waiting for you to like change that to like your like your Twitter banner. Number one bullshit? Yeah. Oh, I could add that to my Twitter bio, though. Number one bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to... Like, I'm not an actual lightning fan. I just think the number one bullshit is... Um, and I think if I do something like that, then it's like, oh, he's a lightning fan. I mean, I guess I kind of support the lightning because I have ties to Tampa, but... Yeah, I was going to say... Really my team, you know? I was going to say, it's. I think it's okay. I mean, not to say, like, you're a lightning fan, but, like, to enjoy them winning you know yeah no but I'm, I'm just saying like i just really like that bit i'm not really that much of a lightning fan i don't want people to be like oh i'm going into he's got a number one bullshit in his um bio he must be a lightning fan that whole the whole like kucherov thing on twitter has been a, another classic example of hey we want our players to show more personality and then five seconds yeah. later going but not like that yeah right i want every post-game conference to be like that and i think maybe every one of them i think after a while that would get a little a little tiresome mm-hmm. but definitely i like more personality yeah more personality love it but yeah so the Tampa bay lightning are your stanley cup champions Again, going back to back. Uh, and I will say, first of all, that um, being angry about the salary cap is very dumb. Yes. Because Full stop. like you don't even need to like explain mad at certain part being mad at the salary cap. Full stop. <laughs> but I mean, like, I think it's, it's just really funny to me that like the lightning got kind of screwed over by that whole thing, like six years ago against the Blackhawks. And then like six yeah. years later, they were like, what are you gonna do now? Like, nobody, yeah, nobody said shit when the Blackhawks did it. I'm um, granted they weren't 18 million over, but yeah, but I, still, it's just I don't know. It, it cracks me up that people are just so so bitter over this. I don't know between that and the like the Lightning have no fans thing for some reason. Yeah. I, I I don't know where that came from other than no. the Lightning are well, in Florida. They have not been to Tampa probably. I mean, like we we've gone to lightning games, like just straight up, like middle of the season lightning games. Like I've been there for when the Sharks have played them on like a Saturday night or whatever. Like obviously not like a marquee matchup, but they still mm-hmm. sell the place out. Like yeah, you can't if you're just driving around Tampa, you can't go like two minutes without seeing some building with a like bolts flag draped across the side of the building like yeah. it's it's everywhere and maybe that's maybe that's a um maybe that's a, a thumbs up to uh the, the lightning whoever the mark lightning have doing like their community outreach stuff and all that but yeah i 
you know, as someone who's lived in Tampa, yeah, the, there are definitely Lightning fans and they are um, very passionate about it, even if they're not as passionate in the ways that you want them to be, because I don't know, reasons, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I just that those were the two things I was seeing on Twitter about like, oh, this one doesn't count because like they were so over or something or that it was rigged or something. Or yeah, like, no, that's I'm sure all five of Tampa's fans will be very happy about this as if like we didn't watch them sell out their building throughout the postseason. Right. Right. Um, and I guess the other thing too with this whole salary cap thing is how many teams could have players like Stamkos and Kucherov miss the entire season and still make the playoffs, right? So like if that's basically what the lightning are, are saying is all right we've got these players they're going to be out for a long time because of surgeries and that sort of thing we're just going to accept that and do what we can with it almost sort of gambling that they would make the playoffs anyway like how many teams in the league are in a position to do that yeah and not only do they make the playoffs they were third in their division in a pretty competitive Grand- division you say competitive division well, there were three good teams when there yes. are four playoff spots. Yes, but they like, also... The Predators like, weren't that good and they made the playoffs. Yeah, but I'm saying also that like there weren't like... There wasn't a sizable difference in the standings between the top two and then Tampa. Okay. Like they did a good job of holding their own is what I was trying to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, that I... Well, and a lot of that has to come down to number one bullshit, Vassy. <laughs> he, he played outstanding during uh, some of those stretches where they were like... Where there were stretches in the season where they were clearly missing having uh, Kucherov in there, um, in particular, um, and and Vasi came up big. Well, plus I really feel like the the Vesna could have gone to either guy this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Like you're splitting hairs here, and Vasi's won it in the past, right? Like this mm-hmm. is this is like give it to flurry because lifetime achievement type thing i also but like head. flurry was actually really good this year like that wasn't just a yes career yeah, yeah, achievement yeah. sort of thing right he was really good um i guess that would that's kind of the tiebreaker feeling that i got um but yeah and he made up for it obviously with you know postseason stuff so absolutely absolutely con Smythe. Number one guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and he got, um, and this is, I guess, the other thing too. I, I, my thoughts are all over the place today. Um, I'll do one thing on Vassy, then one thing that I just thought of on like the cap situation. Um, like that, like that was a shutout that he had in that game-winning series. And I think he's got, um, I don't know the exact stats, but it seems like every time the Lightning advance, he's got a shutout in that clinching game. Like he comes up big when he needs to. And he was something ridiculous, like 16-0 and after a playoff loss or something. Ridiculous. Or I forget what the actual stat is. But he's comes up big after a loss, and he comes up big when Lightning need to clinch. Yeah, all four, all four um, series clinchers were 
shutout wins for, for the Lightning this year. Um, and I don't believe they lost back-to-back games this year in, in the postseason, yeah. which is crazy. In- yeah, it's insane. Um, are you sure they didn't lose multiple back? They didn't lose back-to-back against the Panthers ever? I don't believe so, because I think, didn't they have like a 3-1 lead in that series? Um, possibly. Um, they had, yeah, they had a 3-1 lead in that series. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the other thing on, on Bassey is like watching that game or watching a lot of the series, he played well, but I also think he had a lot of help from the defense in front of him. Like they were keeping a lot of things to the outside um, against Montreal in particular. Um, and then of course, last night really in particular, um, I don't, I don't think Montreal was ever that threatening. And a lot of that has comes down to guys like, Headman and Savard and all that. Um, whereas, I guess if you want to be mad at the whole cap thing, they were able to bring in a guy like Savard who played well in the the, uh, the playoffs. And not only was he keeping the Canadians away from the middle of the ice, he also got the assist on the series clinching goal. So I guess that would be, if there's anything thing to be mad at on the whole um, cap situation, that would be that. Yeah, I, I, I guess that'd be part of it. I think it's more so that Kudrov didn't play a game and then was allowed to play in the postseason um, because there's no cap in the postseason. But um, what I'm looking at here is that it seems to me like Andre Vasilevsky just had the highest goal saved above expected in a postseason run, like ever, <laughs> with uh, about 17 and a half goals saved above expected. It's going to be kind of tough to uh, lose when that happens. But also, like, yes, Tampa's defense was, like, really good. But also Vasilevsky was also really good. (laughs) So, like, I don't know. People, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like people misconstrue, like, good goaltending and, like, good defense. But it's definitely possible to have both of those at the same time. Like, they're not mutually exclusive. Um, and I had I had one more thought um, on the, well one more thought on this series or I guess on the Lightning, but well, something else to talk about with the Canadians. Um, but so you want to know who scored the game winning goals for each of the Lightning victories? Uh, well, I know Ross Colton had the one Ross goal in, in in Game Five. Yep. So Ross Colton is one, and then. Yanni Gord had the game winner in game one. Yanni Gord had the game winner in game two. And Blake Coleman had the game winner in game three. Yeah, that third line is something. Um, and then Ross Colton. So it's like, all right, you can complain about the cap, but you're still losing to Yanni Gord uh, Blake Coleman and Ross Colton. Right. When plus you gotta throw in Barkley Goodrow in there to oh, complete yeah. the line. Number one MVP, Barkley Goodrow. First Most... draft pick <laughs> equivalent. Barclay yes. Goodrow. Uh don't you mean the most clutch random the most clutch. player of all time? <laughs> we love Barclay Goodrow, friend of the pod. Um if you're listening to this, this is an open invitation to talk about your time with the Sharks or your time with the uh, 
geez, your time on the lightning. I was going to say between his sharks heroics and, and this, he, I love how he just kind of like force gumps himself into these like big hockey situations. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I posed this question on Twitter and, and I, I really think that this repeat of the lightning is a little more impressive than the penguins repeat. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously like both teams are, are, super special to be yeah clear Um, but i didn't know how you felt about that i mean i think it's more important just because you had so many other or more not more important more impressive just because you had so many other extenuating circumstances in these past couple seasons um i mean but like you think about how good how dominant the lightning were this year and how dominant they were last year the Penguins were almost just as dominant, if not just as dominant, when they won there. Like, it seemed inevitable. Um, was I think it was the second time that they won it. Probably felt more inevitable than the first time. Yeah, um, 2017 felt... Well, it depends. Both times that they got past... I think 2017, when they got past the Caps, that was definitely when it was like, oh, the Penguins are going to win this again. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, but I, I, by that same token, I think you had some fantastic series in that um well in both of those runs but in that 2016 series where they had to beat the lightning and the sharks those were like that was you want to talk about speed on ice holy cow the pace of play on both of those series was through the roof yeah if we're if we're giving points for entertainment i'm taking those penguins teams um, but I think the, the lightning kind of realized, um, had a sort of, uh, game, the system in the playoffs, like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be pretty, get a lead, muck up the neutral zone and, oh, Hey, have the greatest goaltender in the world behind your ridiculously <laughs> good defense. Yeah. I was thinking about this earlier. Cause I know you and I both kind of had the same philosophy where, uh, you, you, you don't really want to pay goalies big money. But then I thought about like looking at these playoffs, we're looking at the final where you've got like two of the few exceptions to that rule. You give Perry Carey price the money he wants and you give Vasilevsky the money he wants. On the one hand though, uh, why do those teams finish like 18th in the regular season? Um, so there's that there's Okay. <laughs> Are you are you telling me you wouldn't give Carey Price a six or seven year contract when he was in his prime? I guess that's a tough question. Um, but like Vasilevsky signed his deal later than Carey Price did and got less money. So I don't really. I think that they couldn't. I think that they overpaid him in the first place. And um, also, like. Carey Price has just frustrated me because in the past like few years he just hasn't been very good, but the last few years in the playoffs he's been good. So it, like makes all the hockey men think, oh, he's still like one of the best goaltenders in the world. Meanwhile, you know, against the Lightning at five on five, the Canadians had his save percentage of like eighty-seven percent, mm. and uh, that's not good. It's not good. I'm sure the Lightning enjoyed their. Uh, finals pdo of 107 so so is was this carrie price's last 
chance at a Stanley Cup? Do you think, like, where are the Canadians? Are are the Canadians going back to the Cup final anytime soon? By the time Carey Price, before Carey Price gets too old, I have no idea what's going to happen with the the Canadians, right? Because on the one hand, they're a team that was had pretty good fancy stats last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just hasn't, they just haven't had the puck luck kind of, um, but also like, you also can't help but feel that like this was kind of fluky, you know? Um, and it gives off just all sorts of bad takes. Like, you know, uh, people were kind of like hailing Nick Suzuki as like the next like big thing. I'm like, you know, he's good, but like, he's not like, a superstar, you know? Um, I mean, I was, I just, I, I don't know what to think about the Canadians. Basically is all I'm saying. Um, I will yeah. be very interested to see what they do in the off season because like ordinarily, like, yeah, making the Stanley cup finals says that you're a contender and you should continue adding pieces. But on the other hand, what happens if they go all in and miss the playoffs? Cause they're in an actual like normal season format right and what happens when uh what happens when carrie price gets a case of the old what happens when uh, i can't think of his name shea weber gets a case of the old uh cory perry i mean cory perry is good and useful is he going to do that again next year well also know. like assuming that we go back to the um old division format like you're in a division with the panthers the maple leafs the lighting mm-hmm. and the bruins not to mention yeah. that you know who knows if you're getting wild card spots because of the chaos that is the metropolitan division <laughs> right well, like and who knows are the predators going to be good next year i don't know well the predators Maybe. be back in the central but that's fine oh that's wait hold on hold on Hold on. I got it. I got it. We're on the same page. Yeah. I believe the only switch next year is that the Coyotes would be in the central because Seattle would be in the Pacific. I don't like that. Well, they had to kick somebody out because you're not going to have the Pacific with nine teams. And I guess the, I guess the, the desert rivalry didn't sell. I guess. uh, But like, yeah, like you're not going to split up the Alberta teams and no. you're not going to split up Vancouver, Seattle, and you're not going to split up Vegas versus the California teams. So Arizona it is. I say this as if like the other two California teams have any sort of bad history with with uh, with Vegas. I guess the Kings do, but it's not really the same. Oh, geez, those... The... Uh... Win- the Winnipeg to um, Phoenix road trips. Yeah, that's not super great. But hey, maybe if you have the uh, the series scheduling next year, you would at least like only do that once. And I'm sure it would never be from Winnipeg to uh, to Arizona. <laughs> Just mimic the old relocation of the Jets. <laughs> maybe maybe it would be. Um... Maybe be short if they played in Atlanta for a little bit. I guess, yeah. Um, but yeah, so what else did you have on this series? 
I think I got all my points across. I will say that uh, as much as we goof on uh, Barclay Goodrow being traded for a first round pick, like it's actually kind of interesting to me to see like at the time, like we all thought that the lightning overpaid for Coleman and Goodrow and they probably did still. Um, but those two players were significant pieces of, of their yeah. depth. Um, I mean, like no one's going to say that they're star players, but like, they definitely do a good job of complementing the, the lightning's skill and, and speed mm-hmm. into, uh, you know, sort of your typical like playoff grinders, but like aren't totally like useless plugs, you know, like, a yeah. And I was just trying to think, you know, it's not like they're throwing like Michael Haley out there or something like these are actually, or like Milan Lucic, you know, like these are actually useful players, but they also have really good defensive capabilities. No, I totally agree. Like they played significant roles in both of these, um, both of these uh, series. That being said, uh, what the lightning are going to do in the off season. I good luck uh, works cut out for them. Oh, they'll find something. They'll get it. Mm, I don't know what they'll do, but they're going to do They'll They'll figure something out. My bet though, is that they can't use the uh, IR gambit again because of just how much longer the season is. Plus like, yeah, I don't think they have anybody as far as I know that there's not anybody on that team that has like significant, like, surgery coming out uh, i don't know if he's getting surgery for it but kutrov did have a fractured rib yeah but like it's not, it's not like a thing where he'd be out like the entire year you know i mean it sounds serious i mean i don't wish a broken rib on anybody because i've heard those are painful yeah um but still all right so uh who's trading for jack eichel well i, I thought we've already decided it's vegas that's, I mean, I feel like that's the odds on favorite because they're just always the team that does something. And there's always, they're always that team that's in there on any big deal or player or whatever. And it's annoying. Um, but, I, you know, the insiders are saying that this is the year that you might see a bunch of big names move. Mm-hmm. Um, you got that going on. Um, Tarasenko has you know, requested a trade. Um, there's the always uh, circulating Johnny Goudreau rumors. Yep. Uh, I sounds heard like looking, I heard they're, they're in talks for an extension there. I was going to say, it sounds like Seth Jones is up for grabs. Yep. Um, Seth Jones for Eichel one for one. I don't see how that makes either side. <laughs> I know that's, I was, um, I was, messing around yeah so it could be a fun off season it's also going to be it's all going to happen in like the span of like two weeks so have fun kids yeah i i wish you well in your f5ing <laughs> it'd be great not to mention we have the expansion draft which throws a whole another yes. curveball in there see that's what i'm i'm wondering if the lightning are going to get the get one of their contracts taken by seattle and seattle's gonna find a a a a useful player there 
Yeah, but it'll probably be like Sam has to give them significant draft capital. Like, you know, I, I guess Tyler Johnson had a decent postseason. So, and plus that's another year down. Uh, you don't have to handle his contract. So I think that there is probably a better appetite for Tyler Johnson at $5 million for three years as opposed to last year at four years. So I suppose mm-hmm. there's a chance there. Uh, I believe Kalorn would be the other option there too. Um, so yeah, that's that's gonna hurt. Not to mention or, that. Uh, what about got, what about Ryan McDonough? I was gonna say well six point seven. I was saying through twenty twenty five. Well, no, what <laughs> I was, through twenty twenty six. What I was gonna say though is that. I would imagine that the Lightning are going seven forwards, three defensemen, which would be, I'm, I would think, Hedman, McDonough, and uh, Sergachev leaving Sergeyev. Chernak uh, exposed. So mm. that would leave a big. But why wouldn't big they question. want? Why wouldn't they expose McDonough? Because he's good, and also yeah, that contract kind of sucks. Yeah, that contract sucks. Get rid of it. But like he's thirty-two. He's good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That was that was my thought. Oh, and also that would be the only way he could move because he has a no trade clause. So right, that's what I'm saying. Hmm. Oh wait, but if he has a no no trade clause, don't they have to? No, it's only no moves. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice try. Yes. Um. Cool. So the Sharks are open for business. Yeah, that was the report that came out yesterday. <laughs> and I'm having a wonderful time. Yeah, so apparently, like, Kevin LeBanc, uh, Radim Shimek, and Dylan Gambrell are all on the chopping block. Uh, so mm. it's open. This- My thing, though, is that, like, Dylan Gambrell maybe could be valuable i mean kevin lebanks obviously the, the most valuable player mm. in there uh, but the problem is that like kevin lebanks one of those players where like his fancy stats don't match up with his production like he's never been a terribly great shooter and um but his offensive play driving abilities are are really really good it takes a lot of penalties though that's a problem um but i i don't think that's a guy you're ever going to get uh, the most value for because I think I just don't think his value is as appreciated across the league as I think it should be. So that would be interesting, and also I, I just want to see what the returns on this stuff would be like. Because my general thought was what the Sharks do this offseason with Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, and Kevin LeBanc would kind of signal what their next move is, right? Because for all indications. It doesn't seem like the Sharks want to totally tear down and rebuild, which is frustrating to me because um, I want Shane Wright. Um, but <laughs> uh, but if it's one of those things where they've already said that they're looking for like a third line center or you know whatever, you know, so if it's a hockey trade, that means that they're still trying to compete, you know, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to selling off for futures and stuff. Um, which would be fine with me because they don't have a second round pick this year. Oh, rip. Yep. Yep. One last, uh, it's gonna be rough. One last piece to lose from the Carlson trade. Hmm. Hmm. 
So do you, so you, you want them to compete this year? Is that what you're saying? No. Compete next year. I want them to tear down and rebuild. But you just said that you wouldn't mind because they don't have a second round pick. I said I wouldn't mind them moving LeBanc or whoever for futures because we don't have a second round pick. Okay. That makes more sense. Yes. Tear it all down. Correct. Do you have do you have pieces already there that you would like to keep for this rebuild? Yeah, I mean, well, for for one, all of the old good players aren't moving because their contracts suck. Um, to borrow a line from Roberto Luongo, um, but like they've got some. I mean, it's mostly guys that aren't on the roster right now. <laughs> um, I mean, like they've got a couple of decent young defensemen in Mario Ferraro and Nikolai Knijov and. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they've got some all right guys in the system. John Leonard had a decent first year, all things considered. Um, yeah. I'm kind of interested to see what guys like Noah Gregor and, and Rudolph Spalsers can do. Um, and plus like, again, there are players in the system like, you know, Ryan Merkley or, um, Thomas Bordalo who, you know, uh, I could see being key pieces for them moving forward. Uh, their prospect system isn't that bad. It's just, they don't have a whole lot of, uh, we'll go with star players in there. So uh, it's, it's great that they have the seventh overall pick and like the worst draft in years. So I'm excited. <laughs> um, I believe Timo Meyer is only like 24. Yeah. Would he be, would he be someone that you would be willing to be like hold on until the team is ready to compete again, or would that be take too long? Do you think? Well, I think the thing with Timo is that he's coming off a couple of down years, and I don't see them moving him like at his lowest value because that's just not how you do things. Mm-hmm. the The name to watch is what they do with Hurdle um, at twenty seven. You know, if they actually want to rebuild that, that would at 27 and in, yeah. on an expiring contract, that would be the guy to move. Um, but I would think that I'm sure they will try to sell that they are trying to not lose this year and then come trade deadline time. They'll be like, well, I yeah. guess we're uh, not competing this year. See ya. Mm. So okay. that would be my thought. Also, um, if Martin Jones doesn't get bought out, I'm rioting. <laughs> Martin Jones, five ever. Yeah, it's we're we're coming up on like off season number. Let's see, like three or four of the Sharks going. Well, we tried nothing, and you know we're all out of options when it comes to the goaltending situation. So this is the year that. Uh... Martin Jones re- regains his form. Yeah, this is, sure. This is the year where we get back to what it was at 2016, 2017, Martin Jones? Uh, 2016 or 2017 would be um, fine. 2018 would be okay, um, but more so 2016 and 17. Oh. Specifically, uh, 2016 playoffs, Martin Jones. But at that point, I'm also mm-hmm. wishing for 2016 playoffs, Mark Edward Vlasic. Mm. So, uh, 
sorry for turning this into a bit of a sharks episode you got me started and once i get started talking about the sharks i don't stop no that's perfectly fine tarasenko where is he going i have no clue (laughs) also vegas i I think i think this is this is what we've come to with a lot of these um a lot of these trade rumors is it's like there are so many things to consider that it's like how can we possibly predict what's happening you know what i mean like there's the expansion draft and there's the flat cap and like we're told that all of these other players are going to be available as well and we have learned that the salary cap doesn't matter in the playoffs you know i was gonna say that my thing is I don't think anything's really going to happen on any of these big deals until after the expansion draft, right? Like if you're, right. if you're the Sabres and you're selling Eichel off for pieces or you're the Blues selling Tarasenko off for pieces. I don't know if that's, I don't know if it's really going to be like that though. Um, I think it's more so for Eichel. Like you don't want to trade for like players and then have to protect them. Right. Which granted in Buffalo's case, like there's nothing to protect there anyway. <laughs> But uh, I think that's that's my thought is that um, you might not see until after the expansion draft. Though, on the other hand, it would be silly to waste an expansion slot on a player that you're going to trade. Um, but again, if you're Buffalo, it doesn't matter. Good. Um, so you think Vegas is where Tarasenko is going? <laughs> I don't actually know what the deal with the whole Tarasenko thing is I, I, I just don't really know if it's more of, uh, I mean, I know Tarasenko's had injury problems and all that, and his value is at like an all-time low. I don't know if it's just one of those things where it's, it's a good thing to get out of his contract too, so that, you know, uh, that would kind of minimize the return. But on the other hand, like, that's easy for a playoff team to step in. Though if they're up against the cap, never mind. So, um, uh, I, I guess it's interesting. I, I think Boston could be a team that could maybe mm-hmm. be interested in that. But I feel like we say that about every like top six four that comes up for sale because the Bruins always seem to have a hole there. I almost wonder if once you put once we go back to our the, you know the regular divisions and you've got Boston, Tampa, Toronto, um, Montreal. Um, and I'm forgetting one other in that uh, Florida, right? You put all those teams in that division. You got a lot of talents there. I wonder if we start to see an arms race. Yeah, I don't know. That division's gonna be really interesting next year. And again, that's assuming that we have normal divisions. Um, my other thought on all this is I wonder if is is this a case where you know you wait for the expansion draft to happen and then you figure out where Eichel's going. And then once we figure out where Eichel's going, everything else starts to fall in place. Yeah. Yeah, that too. And I'm wondering how that sort of uh, goes hand in hand with with free agency too. Because like, all right, if you lose out on Eichel, then you got to go to, all right, now I'm going to go see what Johnny Goudreau is doing. Maybe not Johnny Goudreau, but you know what I'm saying? Like there are other players around there. Uh, Terrace, go to Tarasenko because we need to fill this role. Uh, we didn't get Eichel. Or if you got Eichel, now you don't have money to spend on uh, Seth Jones. 
Right. Right. Um, but I also wonder if maybe you could see this stuff like get resolved before July or whatever this year's equivalent of July 1st is. Right. Because I think teams would want to figure out, um, you know, all that stuff before free agency hits. Yes. Because I figure you want your salary cap pretty much established by the time you have free agency opening. Before you, yeah. Uh, and it, I, I wonder if teams too probably are already in discussions about contracts and that sort of thing too. So I imagine they'll have some idea of, all right, we're going to pay this player between this range and this range and this player between this range and this range. This is how much money we have to spend uh, on trades and things. So they probably have some idea. I would imagine as it stands. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a very interesting offseason because just everything's going to be happening at like a breakneck speed. Well, and the other thing too is I the thing you keep hearing is that names that you wouldn't even uh, imagine that would be available will be available this year. And they keep teasing this. And I wonder if this is just a teaser so people t- pay attention to the NHL of uh, what, those, what those names are. Who is available that we don't know about? Yeah, exactly. We'll have to see. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to this offseason because I think it'll be fun, except maybe not for my team. But I don't think anything will <laughs> be fun for my team for a misery. while. Well, welcome to the club. <laughs> all right, you got anything else? No, that's all I got. All righty. Well, um, if you got this far, um, thank you. Um, thank you for listening. Congratulations, too. That's it. A- yep. There's a lot to get through. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at grit per 60 pod. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at B ferals, uh, seven, two, seven. You can follow TC on Twitter at TC underscore nine Oh four. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening and have a good one.